Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we'll hear from our lead pastor, Dave Carroll, as he begins this series, Major League All-Stars of the Bible, with Joseph in Genesis 39. Let's join in now. We're talking about Major League All-Stars, and we saw Babe Ruth there. Anybody ever see a Babe Ruth play? Don't say it, okay? If you did, we don't want to know. Um, you're prob- you, know, you probably have to be 50 or 60, right, or something like that. Uh, amen. Well, hey, I, you know, I tweeted out uh, that we were, we were looking at Joseph today, and someone tweet, retweeted me. I always like when that happens, right? How many of you like to be retweeted, right? Some of you are going, I don't know what that means. I don't have a bird, Dave. Uh, but someone retweeted and said, hey, Joseph is an Iron Man. He's like the Cal Ripken. Uh, if you don't know uh, uh, of the Bible, you know, if you don't know who Cal Ripken was, uh, he held the record for the most games played in a row. You know, even when he was injured, he still limped out there and put on a glove and played. He was a true all-star. And uh, I agree with him. Joseph is a lot like that. He is the Iron Man, the Lou Gehrig of the Bible. And, and he's a man that we're going to look at today and have a great time. Now, I don't know about you, but in sports, I have a confession to make. While I'd like to think I should have been, I was never an all-star, okay? <laughs> I simply played sports, and maybe you can relate to me. Uh, maybe you can't because you were an all-star. I don't know about you, but sometimes in life, uh, once you get past that, those teenage years especially, uh, you start to look back and go, man, I thought I had better expectations than what's happened in my life. You know, I I had higher goals for me. I thought I'd be on TV or something, you know, or be a millionaire by now, and I'm just not. And, And here's the good news of integrity. Integrity is one of these topics, it's one of these places that No matter where you sit in life, if you work on integrity, your life is only going to begin to match God more and more, which means if you're matching the character of God more and more, your life is just going to get, it's going to go up in value. Do you understand what I'm saying? I didn't say it's going to go up in easiness, but I said it will go up in value. And so as we study integrity today, I want you to know that it's an important issue. Now, uh, I, I wrestled with whether or not I should give you a definition of integrity up front, and I'm not going to because we're going to wrestle with integrity before we come to a definition. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. If that's okay, turn to your neighbor and say, that's okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so here we go. Let's dig in to Genesis chapter 39. And uh, if you're new here, uh, we really value God's word. I know I said that before, but we really do. And uh, everything we do from the worship, which, by the way, uh, I know that Paul said it, but I'll say, hey, didn't uh, Preston and the band do a great job leading us to Jesus today? And uh, that's, that's where we want to be, is at the throne of Christ, worshiping him, because he's worthy, isn't he? And uh, hey, last week, uh, another side note, too, while, while I'm passing out gratefulness, hey, isn't it awesome to know that we have a pastor like Pastor Fred who can uh, give us the message he did in Jonah last week? Can we thank the Lord for him? He finished up Jonah chapter 4, and uh, it's awesome to know that the level can rise when I'm out, all right? So that's a good thing. Um, <clears throat> here we go. Jonah, cha- or not Jonah, I'm living in the past, right? And I prayed that we wouldn't live in the past. Uh, <laughs> Genesis chapter 39. Here's your first point on the screen. Check this out. Integrity provides hope beyond your past. Integrity provides hope beyond your past, and your past can dictate outward circumstances, but it does not have to decide what kind of person you become. Now, before we dig into this, I want you to know a little something about Joseph. Joseph had one of those lives that he could have had a lot of excuses just to go down the wrong path, stay on the wrong path, and, and, and live 
uh, a life apart from God. He could have said, you know what? Uh, all this stuff happened to me when I was young, and uh, I'm just not going to follow God. But Joseph had this just innate integrity that God had given him to kind of push through the walls that life presents. Uh, for instance, Joseph had, there were 12 boys in Joseph's family. Can you imagine that? That makes uh, old John and eight plus eight, you know, or John and Kate plus eight look kind of small. There were 12 brothers and he was number 11. All right. Now I was the oldest of four boys and I pity number four. So I can only imagine what the beatdowns must have looked like for brother number 11. Can you imagine 10 older brothers punching you in the shoulder? I mean, that's, that, that hurts, right? Uh, well, his, one day he had a dream that was, ended up being a correct dream that his brothers would bow down to him and, and uh, pay homage to him. And his brothers didn't take too kindly to that. And so they led him around. And uh, I want you to see this on the map. Uh, they, they led him around from Israel, or the land of Canaan, really, up there on the top right. And they, they kind of snookered him into coming to a city named Dothan. And from Dothan, they actually sold their brother. How would you like that? If you didn't like your brother, you said, hey, I'm selling you off, man. That's it. You just get them together. They sold this guy against his will because they were jealous uh, of his stature. They were jealous of how uh, his dad favored him. They were jealous of him. And so they sold him off, and he gets sold as a young boy to go to Egypt. All right? That's pretty rough, isn't it? Can you imagine? It's almost like uh, the tra child trafficking that goes on now, if you imagine that. Uh, this is what Joseph endured. And, and later on, he, he only you know, does good things for the people he serves, but he gets thrown in prison, and, and he, he eventually has to face his brothers again and help feed them in a time of famine. This guy went through a lot of tough stuff, but there's a key moment here in Genesis 39 where, where Joseph's integrity does provide that hope beyond the things that happen to him in life. Listen to this in Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 6. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guards, this guy's a tough dude, right? An Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites. Now, a quick word about the Ishmaelites. Um, Ishmael was a guy that existed because Joseph's great-grandfather had an affair. Do you see how a lack of integrity happens? You had a Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then uh, Jacob's boys included, Joseph. Uh, but Ishmael was one of these guys who even existed because... Abraham had an affair, right, with Hagar uh, back there in Genesis. And, and because of this, Ishmael existed, and Ishmael was at war with Isaac. Do you get what's happening in Scripture there? And so, uh, do you know this? A lack of integrity is not just about you. Uh, a lack of integrity and in deciding that you're going to keep sinning and it's just your pet sin, uh, it can turn into generational problems. Do you get what's happening there? And so uh, it, it's not just about your past, but it's about your future. A quick note there. So it's the Ishmaelites in verse 1 who had taken him down there. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw the Lord was with him. Isn't that a good thing when, when people know the Lord is with you, right? It saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then, made him, then he made him an overseer of his house and all that he had put under his, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And, bless, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. 
This is going well for Potiphar, right? Thus he left all that he had. Can you believe how, how much integrity Joseph had? Here's a, a kid that shows up from a, a foreign land, and, and this, this captain of the guard, it says in verse 6, that he put all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Joseph, he was a looker, right? Yeah, not for me, all right? But... <laughs> If you know what I'm saying, that's what the Bible says. And, and so uh, if you look at this, here's a, here's a guy that had an incredibly bad past. There are some of us in the room who have never quite gotten our, over our past. Something has happened. Either something at church has happened that has hurt us so bad that we just never move forward. Um, some of us have dealt with some pretty nasty things relationally in the past, and we've never moved forward. And, and, and I'm here to tell you today that the word integrity is, an, is a word that you need to just grab a hold of, and you need to hug with all of your strength because it's integrity that brings you past your past. How many of you would love to move past your, your, your mistakes that are, that are in years gone by? That you would love to see them come out of your mind and not be at the forefront and, and, start, and you'd love to see them stop defining who you are. Well, integrity is the tool of God that he uses to, to bring you past those times. And, and so as we move on, uh, I want you to uh, write this next point down. This is point number two. As we start to define integrity, we start to think about what it looks like, what it smells like, uh, how to act in it. Integrity involves the ability to flee when there is no perceived consequence. Do you get that? Integrity involves the ability to get out of a bad situation when there's no consequence, when no one's looking. How many times do we fall into sin? Do we go against God's standards because we say, well, I could do it this time. You know, I, I, can, I can just do this little thing because really it's not hurting anybody, right? And, and that's not integrity. Integrity goes all the way, 100%. Uh, it's God's standard of holiness. The integrity says, even when there is not going to be uh, a problem for me, I'm not going to lose financially. Oh, you know what? My wife's not going to find this out. And so we'll still be married. Or you know what? My kids aren't seeing me do this. So it's okay. You know, I'll do it. That's not integrity. Integrity says, I'm going to pursue God's standard all of the time. Let's look at what happens to Joseph in verse 7. Now remember, he was handsome in form and appearance, right? He probably weared, if, if he was in 2013, he would wear Abercrombie and Fitch or something like that. You know, I don't know. But uh, verse 7 says this, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, his master's, Pharaoh's wife, cast longing eyes at Joseph. All right? Hey, ladies, turn to your husband and cast longing eyes. Now, if it's not your husband, don't cast any longing eyes. Right? You know, can you imagine if she batted her eyes at Joseph? And oh, no. Look what's happening here. When she does this, look at the surrounding, uh, the sur the surrounding circumstances. She cast longing eyes at him, and she said, lie with me. Now, to keep that rated G, that means that she wanted to have sex with him, okay? Uh, uh, that's what was going on. But he refused, some of you caught that joke, huh? Uh, but he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master, this is an important verse, check in on verse 8, look at this verse. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know 
what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me, but who? You. Because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was, as she, as she spoke to Joseph day by day. Can you imagine that? Every day. She's begging him. She knows the time where he's going to be alone, where there's not going to be a perceived consequence. Every day that he did not not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. Can we give it up for Joseph? That's some integrity, isn't it? That is some integrity. And so we know uh, from your second uh, point here, and if, if you're not familiar with taking notes, I should have said this earlier, on the back of your program today, you can take notes on the program, and all these things are right there where you can fill in the blank and, uh, and write it down so you can remember it and apply it. But here are uh, the three areas of Joseph's integrity that we need to, uh, to embrace today. Uh, here we see in the scripture in verse 8 and 9 that there was a business side to his integrity. There was a business side to his integrity. If you noticed, Joseph understood that Pharaoh had put everything. How much is everything? That's an awful lot, isn't it? It said Pharaoh only knew the bread he ate. He only knew how to go to the cupboard and go, oh, there's some food to eat, boom. And he knew nothing else. He let Joseph run everything. And here's what happens to us many times in our business life. We have this pursuit of more. We have this pursuit that, uh, of, you know what, if I just can make some more money, I'll do anything. You know, if I could just get my retirement a little higher, and, and as we begin to make that the center of our life, when money and business ventures become the center, God starts to take second place. And you know what starts to happen? You lose your relationships. You know, your, your relationship with your wife starts to deteriorate. Your relationship with your kids, your kids see this. They go, I'm not important. That's important. And, and, and next thing you know, you get to the end of life and you're broken because you've pursued uh, business and money and the love of stuff and, and the pursuit of the un- never-ending amount of more. Like Dave Matthews used to, say, used to sing, I eat too much, I drink too much, I want too much, too much, right? Uh, we live in that world and next thing we know, our, our integrity starts to crumble and then our life eventually, when we turn around and look back at it, will be a mess. And we'll say, God, how did I get here? Why did I not have integrity? And Joseph said, you know what? I will stop with what my master has given me. It's enough. Have you stopped with what God, your heavenly father, has given you? Have you become content in that? The next part is sex and relationships you can write down. Now, this is very, very, very important. Joseph had integrity in sex and relationships. And and here's how he had integrity. And this is very important. You know what? He knew that Potiphar's wife was not whose? Not his. It was not his wife. And and as we deal with this subject, I want to encourage you today. If you're in the room and you are struggling with adultery in a room this size, there could be someone struggling with right now saying, Oh, my Lord, if my wife or if my husband only knew, only knew, what was happening last month? Boy, would I be in trouble. Let this message be a message to you to stop doing what you're doing, to come clean before the Lord and your spouse. 
and hope and pray that he can make it right today. You see, also, if you're in the room, this tells you a great principle if you're not married. For those of you who are waiting on that spouse, if you lie with another lady who is not your wife, you're doing it out of God's order, and you're not building your life with the integrity that Joseph had, that, that Jesus is trying to model uh, in your heart and life through the, through the all-stars of Scripture, through the champions. Um, if you're doing this, um, if, what you're doing is you're robbing your future wife of a great relationship. And, and, and today, I want to encourage you today, if you are in premarital sex, shut it down. Shut it down. It's not worth it. It's not integrity. And here's what it doesn't do. It doesn't stand the test of time. Do you know today that people who are divorced once are twice as likely to get divorced again? And the, and the rate goes even higher if you're divorced twice. It, you're going to be divorced three times. You have to fight with everything you have to stay on God's way of doing life. And integrity is the way you do that. And here, here's the final way. Um, and I love this in verse 9. Look back at verse 9. And I think this is why Joseph had the kind of integrity he did. It wasn't just about the business ethic. It wasn't just about the relationship side of things. But it was mostly about this. He said, how can I do this great wickedness? And read this together with me out loud. And sin against God. You see, when you've reached this part of integrity, when your chief concern is sinning against God, you now have what's called biblical, Christ-like, Christ-centered integrity. Because here's uh, what a relationship with God means. When, this, when your relationship with God is so high, it gives us a definition of integrity. And if you want to write this down, it's not on the screen. You're going to have to write it down. This is a good one. You want to write it. Integrity is... Integrity is, write it down, needing only God's, God's eyes to do the right thing. Needing only God's eyes to do the right thing. Proverbs tells us over and over and over that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When, we can, when, when God in the room and his presence and recognizing it is enough to go, you know what, I, even though I could, even though I could take it, I'm not going to because God is watching me and I fear him more than I fear anything else in this world. And so I'm going to do the right thing. Now, here's what we typically do. What we typically do is we use God's eyes to, and, his, and his heart and what he sees as the secret keeper. You know what? Only God knows what I've done. <laughs> you know, we, we use them as a secret keeper. And instead, we need to cross the fence and begin to use uh, the, the, our relationship with the Lord as, as the one who drives us to holiness, who, dri who, who keeps us from sin, who we can never cross. We're like, God, you are so wonderful. You are so good. You're so loving. I don't want to sin because of your great work on the cross that has canceled out my debt. Do you understand what this is? This is integrity, needing only God's eyes to do the right thing. Now, here's the key action to integrity, and it's your next blank. You may have written it down. Very simple principle here. Do not take what is not yours. Do not take what is not yours. In this instance, was Potiphar's wife Joseph's? No, off limits. 
But many times we try to take what is not ours from other people and we try to rob them because we're like, I can't believe that you would have this joy. How many times do we beat up our spouse verbally because maybe their self-esteem is going real well this week, right? And we're like, mine stinks. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take your self-esteem. I'm going to beat you up a little bit so I can feel good. And, and I'll, get, I'll take what you have, even though I don't have it right now. Sometimes we steal. You know, this is why people steal financially in their business decisions, is they say, you know what, I'm going to take what is not mine, and, and, and what we'll do is we'll rob others. And so what would have happened here if Joseph would have taken the step? He would have robbed Potiphar of his prized possession, the only thing. Very similar to Adam and Eve with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? The one thing, the one thing. That was not theirs. For some reason, our sin nature says, I want it. But we have to trust God. We have to trust God that he is enough for us. Do you believe that this morning? Integrity equals daily commitment. Day after day, Potiphar's wife knocked on the door and said, come on, it's time. Can't imagine what she tried to do to seduce him day after day by herself. And, And Joseph says, no, no, daily commitment to integrity. Hebrews 13.5, it's up on the screen. Check this out. It tells us a little bit about integrity and the ability to flee. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself, that's Jesus, has said, I will never leave you or what? Or forsake you. Flee youthful lusts. Pursue integrity. Look at number three. Integrity endures falsehood. Look at verses 11 through 19. Let's read these together. Genesis 39, 11 through 19. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside. How many of the men were inside? None. This is a tough situation, but Joseph's integrity pulls him through. Sometimes we get caught in bad situations, but a quick word to the wise, don't intentionally get caught in in bad situations. Try to plan out good situations where your integrity can't be compromised. It says that she caught him by his garments in verse 12 saying, lie with me. This time she gets more aggressive, grabbing his clothes, but he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Joseph had so much integrity that he was willing to run naked. He said, you know what? I would rather look like like I've done wrong than to actually do wrong. That's how much integrity he had. Now, I think that we need to avoid the appearance of evil, but in this particular situation, Joseph's integrity is going sky high, saying, I don't even care what people say about me. I will do the right thing in God's eyes. And so it was in verse 13, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand, and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out. This is a big fish story, isn't it? That he left his garment with me, and he fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought brought to us came in to mock me so it happened as i lifted my voice and cried out she's lying again the same story right that he left his garment with me and fled outside so it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him saying your servant did to me after this manner that his what anger was aroused how many of you have ever been falsely accused before you see many times what we like to do is 
dwell on our circumstance. We, we dwell on the accusation instead of taking time to build our integrity to the point where we can look false accusers in the eye and say, you know what? I know who God's made me to be. And I know you can, you can check my track record, not before just my wife or not before my kids, but before my God. You can check it. And I'm a person of integrity. And this is what integrity does. Integrity always endures falsehood. That's your third blank. And here are three types of false accusers. One, one of them is here in the scripture, we'll see, but I gave you a couple other types. The first one is ourselves. How many times have you branded your own self negatively and, and you've decided to live by that branding that you've, you've had stamped on, on, your, on your arm? You've kind of went, shh, made it. You know, I, I'm, I'm a liar. Hey, I'm a cheat. Uh, because something in your past has be, become the definition of your life. <laughs> um, many times we have to begin to trust God's view of us. Because here's the thing. If you are in Christ today, God says you're forgiven. You may have really messed up, but God says my grace is sufficient for you. I can, I can change your name, just much like he did to Joseph's grandpa, right? I can change your name, and, and I, can, I can make you a person of integrity. I can do what no one else can do. Don't let yourself be a false accuser when you are in Christ. Now, if you're out of Christ, you don't have that forgiveness just yet. So there's a tension for you. You don't have that forgiveness. Second one, Satan. Everybody, any, anybody uh, upset at Satan in this room? Has he, has he deceived you? Has he tricked you? Hey, we can boo him, right? It's like all-star. It's like baseball. He, bad player. Let's boo him, right? Um, but Satan, the scripture says that he is like a roaring lion seeking to devour you. He is a liar. He is trying to, to, to grab a hold of your heart and your mind and, and use the things that you've done in your past, the sin in your life, the places where you've lacked integrity in, in your heart and in your mind, and he's trying to, to drive you away from God. But don't listen to Satan. Here's the third one. Others without integrity. Others without integrity. Here, Potiphar's wife was intent on destroying Joseph was intent on destroying his life. And, and quite possibly, maybe her master abdicated so much that maybe she was around Joseph more and began to just, you know, want to shack up with him. But you cannot let other people dictate your life. You have to let God dictate your life. You cannot give in when the pressures of the world, when you're around the guys at work and the porn is plastered all over the wall, you know what? Be the guy who rips it down. Be the guy who rips it down. When, when, when the language gets salty, be the guy who, who, who backs off and says, I'm going to honor God with what I do. You know what? When the TV is on something that is not pleasing to God in your family, be the guy who turns it off. Be the lady of God who turns it off. Endure falsehood. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupt, corrupts what? Good habits. Good habits. Oh, and there's one more type of person who accuses, and that's people who are right. <laughs> uh, you know what? God has a holy standard, and sometimes we've messed up so bad, and, and God sends someone to call you on it. A person of integrity, you know what they say every single time, much like David and Nathan back in the Old Testament when David committed adultery with Bathsheba, and, and Nathan came in and said, hey, you, <laughs> hey, you, you committed adultery. You messed up bad, man. And you know what David's response was? And this is why he was a man after God's own heart. He said, yep, that's me. I sinned. 
You see, confession is the road to healing. Confession before God and confession before others. James chapter 5 tells us that. You can read it sometime. And so here's uh, our final part of integrity. Look at uh, number four. Here's your blank. There is more at stake with your integrity than you realize. There is way more at stake with your integrity than you realize. Um, I, I took my first big walk around the rims. How many of you have walked, just taken a big walk around the rims before? Yeah, uh, I went with my wife and my four boys. I have a 10, 9, 3, and 1-year-old. Now, uh, I'll tell you what, as, as you walk around the rims, it gets a little scary when your 3-year-old gets up to the edge, right? Oh. And, and, and by the edge, I mean like 20 feet away, okay? <laughs> you know, 20 feet away, you're like, no, stop, don't go any further. Um, but... Your integrity uh, is a lot like walking around on the rims. When you walk on the rims, the closer you get to the edge, the closer you get, say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go a little further into my sin. I'm going to go a little further, a little further, a little further. It gets a little bit more intense. And with each step toward the edge, your life becomes at stake. Your life with Christ, your relationships, your marriage, uh, your, your parenting, the relationship with your, your, your mom and your dad, um, your, your ability to uh, produce in life, it all kind of gets a little bit more uh, taxing when you get to the edge and a little bit more dangerous. And I want to encourage you today, if, if you're here today and, and you are flirting around with sin, you are flirting around with your own standard and not pursuing God's and you're getting close to the edge, I want to encourage you, back off. Because here's the thing, life in Christ is a life or death deal for eternity. Do you get that? Life in Christ is a life or death deal with eternity. And, and so here is why uh, there is more at stake with your integrity than you realize. Let's finish it out in verse 19 through 23. So it was, I know we read 19 before, but I want you to get the context. So it was, when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison. This isn't fair, is it? See how life, his integrity didn't necessarily help his life situation, but check out what happens. Puts him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. Uh, do you think it's any, any coincidence, or is it God's doing, that the kind of prison he, he went into was one where who was looking at it all the time? The king. So you see, this, this situation right here that, he, that looked really glim, uh, grim and bleak was a place where God could raise him up to kings, to, 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 take, to, to rule with kings and to be in charge of things with kings. And so some of you today are in this place where you're going, I don't like where I've been. I've tried to do things God's way and I just don't see the light. Well, guess what? Sometimes you don't see the fact that you are in the king's corner. And the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. That's a common phrase, isn't it? And showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Look how Joseph's integrity is bringing him forward in life. Do you see that? And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Do you see what's happening? Joseph's integrity, uh, the, the title of the message today is Expanding Your Opportunity Through Integrity. Joseph could go nowhere where he didn't get the maximum amount of, of opportunity because he was a man after God's own heart who always did what was right and only needed God's eyes to do it. Are you catching that? It's amazing, isn't it? Verse 22, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Anything. Because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did 
the Lord made it prosper. That is wild. Check this out. The ability to rise above your present circumstances has a lot to do with your integrity. Where are you complaining to God right now? Where are you complaining to him? You know what the answer is? The answer is, hey, start working on stuff on the inside and let him take care of the stuff on the outside. You get that? Check this next thing out. Here's what else is at stake. Not just your present, but the provision of those around you in life. Check out Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 2 on the screen. The book of the genealogy, this is, this is the first book of the New Testament, Matthew. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. How many of you have ever got bored with genealogies? Well, this is why it's here. Check this out. This, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Now read this part with me on the screen. All right? And Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Who was one of Judah's brothers? Joseph. You know what God used Joseph to do through his integrity? He used Joseph to go up to the king's level in Egypt. And when there was famine back in Joseph's homeland with his brothers, Joseph was in charge of all the food, and Egypt had lots of it because Joseph had stored it up, right? And Joseph was able to endure looking at his family in the eye, the people who sold him off and got rid of him. And he was able to feed them and keep them alive in a time where there was no food. His integrity not only helped himself, but it helped others around him. Look at the, the, last, the, the third thing here. Something to the, here's what else is at stake with your integrity. If, if sometimes you hit a wall in life and you're not sure what to start working on, integrity gives you something to develop when life has you in neutral. Check out James 1.12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive what? The crown of life. There are five crowns mentioned in the Bible for people who are believers uh, when we get to heaven. And, and, and one of them is this. If you endure temptation and become a person of integrity, do you know there's going to be a time where Jesus, when you get to heaven for the believer, he's going to put a crown on you. And that's where you see in scripture that we'll, what will we do back? We'll fall down and what? Lay our crown back at him in worship. And what a great exchange that's going to be. And that happens because of your integrity. You see, develop your integrity if you know nothing else to do in life. Dave, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Work on the inside. And here's the last thing that's at stake, the eternity of others. Now we saw from the genealogy, who was one of Joseph's brothers? Judah, right? Judah was. Check out Revelation 5.5. 5. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, read this with me out loud on the screen. The lion of the tribe, read it with me. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. Who is the lion of the tribe of Judah? Jesus. Jesus Christ. What Joseph did back in Genesis 39 made a way, check this out, for Jesus the lineage of Jesus, for him to come and die on a cross and, and rise again on the third day and ascend to heaven, and he's going to return. And, and you know why that lineage works? It's because a guy named Joseph had integrity. And you know what his integrity is doing today? It provided a way for you and I in 2013 to know God and be reconciled to him and be saved, all because one guy said no to sin. 
you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church or listen to other messages at elevationbuildings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.